Okay, I think we'll but, be good. Yeah. Sorry, listeners, if there is laundry in the background and you hear CC pulling taquitos out of the oven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. With two claws, two fins, one eye, and a buzzsaw, it's Godzilla versus Gigant. reaction right now completely has no reaction whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> until i just said that I think Cece she, would be staring at me like, and she looked at me <laughs> welcome back to monsters versus men podcast everybody we are trying our best to stay alive i'm eric and i'm alex alex how you doing this week man doing good man doing really good so uh funny story i thought yesterday Whenever we both just happen to have to record the podcast at a different time. Yes. I, I texted you. I said, you know, we have to record the podcast later. I didn't tell you the reason why. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to, too. I'm going to. Parasite. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm I'm actually going to see Parasite with Jay at the exact same time. So that was pretty ironic, I thought. Yeah, that was. That was. Uh, what time was your show yet? My mine was at seven ten. Mine was at seven fifteen, and you texted me as yeah. soon as I walked out of the theater. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I want your take, Alex, but let's save it at the end of the episode. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And I, I also have another thing I want your take on, actually. Okay. So you know the whole uh, Martin Scorsese versus Marvel. Yeah, take. I want I want your take at the you end of the take? episode. Oh wow. Yeah, I'm, 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 I want your take. So we have two takes at the end of the episode. I want your take on Parasite, and I want your take on Martin Scorsese versus Marvel. Okay, sure. Sound that good? sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun, actually. All right. Well, let's get into this film, and then we'll get to those takes. All right. June Fukuda returns for 1972's Godzilla versus Gigan, in which a mysterious theme park named Children's Land is being built in order to bring peace to the world, despite wanting to destroy all the monsters. Though Godzilla vs. Gigan doesn't offer much new content to the franchise, it is the first Godzilla film to feature a 2v2 team-up, Godzilla and Anguirus versus Ghidorah and Gigan. And it also features a non-human-looking intelligent sh- intelligence shaped as a cockroach. Alex, what did you think about the 2v2 battle, and were you sold on the cockroaches? Uh, Yeah, I really enjoyed the 2v2 battle, and... I hold off on the cockroaches. Like I, I really enjoyed this movie overall. First off, I, mm-hmm. I have a oh, Cece's taquitos. Taquitos are, are ready. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I actually really enjoyed the movie. I, I definitely had problems with it, namely some weird plot holes and conveniences. Uh, these cockroaches aren't exactly intelligent whatsoever, and the film uses. It regurgitates as evil aliens controlling monsters for like the third or fourth time now. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And I yeah. think we get it again even in the next movie. Oh, no. I, I like the idea of extraterrestrial insects wearing human disguises. I, I do like mm-hmm. that idea. The idea of the cockroaches is a good one, right? Like, 
like the idea of something wearing something else's skin is pretty creepy. But due to like the budget constraints of the film, you don't actually get the fulfillment of that idea. Not mm-hmm. in the way that I think that maybe the writer probably pictured it. You probably didn't picture literal cockroaches taking their place when the things fell off, I, you know? I actually kind of liked the literal cockroaches. But oh, really? Yeah, there was one thing I liked. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that that's the only thing you liked about the film. Yeah. <laughs> the so, one thing you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the humans also don't do a lot for me in this film. But I think it, this is like the first... Godzilla movie that is actually saved by the monster action. Whereas it's like a lot of the earlier films, it's a very small part of the overall film, but this one really saves it for the end. Like it's like a 30 minute battle. It's a little too long. The overall feeling of the monster action really elevated the movie for me. And last week we talked about Hedora and Godzilla and the monster action. It was pretty good. And I liked the, the presence of, Hedora and it's a one-on-one like death match but there's something more brutal about this one and it feels better to me overall not the movie overall but the fight scene overall when the monsters aren't around that's when the movie really starts to lose my attention and I kind of want to know what you thought because I actually watched this movie in two parts I watched it way too late when I first started it the first time and so I watched half of it and when I ended it was right when Ghidorah and Gigan make their first appearance. And so gotcha. I, when I came back and finished it, I watched that. And it's like, it's definitely a tale of two movies. That's for sure. I think I like the first half better than the second half. But ah. <laughs> I, I'll be up front and say I actually didn't like this movie too much. I don't want to pull any punches and act like I love something when I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of this. To me, this movie is more boring than all monsters attack no we've got stock music stock footage i'll give fukuda a little credit um the way the stock footage is incorporated here is more creative than some of the other films that have used stock footage but i noticed it every time it may have to do with the fact that i've watched these back to back to back i doubt the audience would have noticed it at that time would have noticed it as much but i definitely did um as I've said before, once again, even though I didn't necessarily like it, I'm focusing here on the positives of the film and the meaning of the film in our discussion. One thing I did enjoy in this film, and especially in the first half, I enjoyed the humor. Um, did you find that humor in the first half? Did you have any of those humor aspects that were enjoyable to you? Yeah, I mean, the humor was okay at times. I, I liked some of the stuff uh, from Gingo, the manga artist, who's the main protagonist. And especially since he's like, he's this very talented manga artist. We see that pretty quickly. Uh, but he is clearly a case of like this artist who needs his ideas curated. I mean, his ideas yeah. are horrible. And his designs, while well drawn, are not good. Mm-hmm. So when he, he creates that like mom monster, I think it was. He created yeah. a homework monster and I think it was a mom monster. It's It's mm-hmm. horrendous looking. But... I like the payoff that it just ends up looking like his sister, which was kind of, right. which is a pretty kind funny weird, joke. Yeah. yeah. And I also like, although it was illogical, that he took the time to draw caricatures of the entire crew during the TNT assault on the cockroach base at the end. Yeah. Like, I, I just like the idea of him riding in the car and just drawing that up. 
His hippie sidekick was also like this nice comedic relief as well. Not that he's comedic relief. The whole movie is pretty lighthearted until the to a yeah. monster battle. Yeah. But the hippie sidekick is a pretty good high note. But I do like that this is a hippie who is completely against the peace that the cockroaches want, even before we find <laughs> out what the nefarious plan is. So I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. No, definitely. I, I liked him too a lot. And I'll come back to him. <clears throat> in a bit but really i i enjoyed some of the humor i love that gango is held up by a corn on the cob by the bee, <laughs> right uh and that he yeah. faints because of it you know the fact that the the chairman turns out to be the 17 year old boy also cracked me up it was something kind of out of like austin powers you know he's sitting there in that fancy asteroid looking chair that's big and intimidating and it turns around and it's a kid I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, I like the fact that it seems that, you know, Gango, he's teasing Tomoko about being a third degree black belt in karate. But then that actually comes back later on when, you know, when she fends off the intruders. I thought all of those humor elements were definitely fun. Yeah, I I like what you said about Tomoko. This is definitely the first time that we've actually seen martial arts in any of these films. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. at least I think so. I was thinking back about some of the police and like detective characters. I don't think any of them use actual martial arts. Hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, I'm having trouble remembering hand-to-hand combat. So Yeah, and I think Tomoko is actually kind of interesting. Her story makes a little more sense than Gingo's even. I mean, it's pretty shallow admittedly but he goes from this failing manga artist to super detective yeah which just feels like i and he doesn't go to the authorities ever which really baffled me he didn't go to the authorities until the very end of the movie and then they immediately take out the Mm -hmm. the evil cockroach right and honestly the whole gang as a whole kind of feels like the gang from ibra a horror of the deep Mm -hmm. except this time they are in a city and so a lot of their decisions don't make any sense. And that that's kind of what I'm referring to is like, they don't yeah. go to the authorities. They, they just, someone's kidnapped. They don't go to anybody. Then this group is definitely goofy enough, right? To be in that other movie, the situation they are in while ridiculous doesn't let them flourish. Like Ibra did. Yeah. I think put in another situation, we could have had another Scooby-Doo gang like we really did with <laughs> with Ibra. Ibra was funny, man. I, I still look back at that film. I think it was I think it's slightly underrated by lots of people. Uh, yeah. I it, just think it's it's funny and it's it's goofy. It's got really funny characters. But I like the characters here, honestly. I think it was one of the better aspects of the film. I just wish the movie did more with them. You, you said uh-huh. it, it was a tale of two parts for you the first part and the second part. The second part of the movie, yeah, there's monster action, but we never get anything with the characters again. Right. It's like you set up these you set up these characters that were kind of intriguing. I think um, Hiroshi Ishikawa, Gengo, I think he's an interesting character. Um, he's unlike anyone we've really had before in the franchise. It's just that nothing happens with him. I also think in general, the film should have gone all in on the manga aspect. I know it kind of does it, it try to, but the, the film opens with that, you know, manga scene. You get like the couple mm. pages of the, of the, the manga that uh, Gengo is presenting. And then later on, you know, we get the dialogue between Godzilla and Angerus that is manga like, you know, you got the speech bubbles, but I would have liked to right. seen, you know, more of a, 
emphasis on that aspect. I think they could have brought something new, kind of like I thought last week, Hedorah versus Godzilla brought new content into the franchise. Yeah. I think this is the aspect that this film could have played on, the manga aspect that would have brought life to it. But it just, it was unfulfilled for me. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that in terms of Hedorah really did inject a lot of new ideas. Mm-hmm. And whether I liked them or not, and I, you know, we talked about it last week, I came down on a different end of it than you did. Yeah. Where we, you liked it a lot more than I did. I still enjoyed it, but not mm-hmm. to the degree you did. But there's no doubt that there's fresh ideas in the movie, whether you like them or not, right? Yeah, it's risk. It's risk. It is risk. And there, there's definitely something admirable about it and something that they probably should have done, kind of stuck with going forward. But instead, we kind of go, we'll go back to Jun Fukuda, who. He does some good stuff, but we've also seen some pretty bad things from him, right? Son of Godzilla, in particular, is a is a yeah. kind of a rough one. I do think that the speech bubbles that you were talking about were like one of the odder inclusions of the film. Yeah, uh, and a weird idea. Like that's not the type of idea I'm talking about. Like Hedora had good ideas, right? In a lot of parts, but see, but like there, it feels so odd because it's out of place. We didn't. It's not like we had this manga through line throughout. You know, if we did, mm-hmm. it starts off with that manga, you know, those manga pages, and then it just kind of that goes away. And then we have a random manga conversation with the speech bubbles. Like, they really needed a through line using this manga throughout. And so that, I think that's why it feels so odd for you. Yeah, I, I, you're definitely right. I mean, if they had put a plot to us at the end of this, that it was all in uh, <laughs> Gingo's story that he created. Mm-hmm. It would have made more sense to me, probably. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, they just have them talking, and then the voices between the monsters changes to, like, the rewinding and fast-forwarding of, like, a v- VHS tape or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so weird. Instead of their normal roars, it's just so bizarre. Yeah. But I, I do like, there were aspects that I did like. like I liked that Godzilla is clearly king of the monsters. Yeah. So, yeah. Since he, like, bosses Angerus around, tells him to go, like, hey, see what's up. Even though... That does lead us to a moment where it doesn't make any sense where Angerus shows up on shore and the military attacks him, even though he just saved the planet a couple of movies ago. It, it, whatever. It was just another bad decision. But <laughs> Yeah, there, is, there are several bad decisions here, yeah. And I'm going to get to my favorite part of the film, but I do want to say, like, this is 100% a tale of two films. That first half is kind of goofy. We get the cockroaches. We get a little mystery and intrigue, but... It's also pretty boring for me. Like you and me are bored by different things in this film. Yeah, uh, I'm I, I'm I'm pretty bored by the human element. I, I like the characters, but the story is kind of boring. Like, how many times are we going to go to this office in this yeah. film? We just yeah. keep going back and we keep going back, and there's no security ever, ever. <laughs> and this is like the big plan to take over the world, and there's never security. Uh, yeah. And then the second half, as soon as Gigan and Ghidorah show up, we get a darker movie. I mean, mm-hmm. they make it seem like it's going to be darker, at least, right? Mm-hmm. At least the monster portion is. Because they swoop in, in the night, which, you know, I'm really liking these night Godzilla scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's because it harkens back to the first film, where it's just more menacing to have a monster at night. Yeah. I like it during the day, but and I know that the night is to save on the budget, probably. Right. So we don't see the wires quite as much and that type of thing. (laughs) But when they swoop in, they 
really lead to some of the more juicy bits of monster action in the series so far, I think. Mm-hmm. Even with the clearly reused footage that was, for the most part, cleverly implemented, I think the fight between Godzilla, Angerous Ghidorah, and newcomer Gigan is very interesting. I- I'm mad that Ghidorah is alive again. <laughs> like, how? How is he alive again? Give us an ex- explanation, please. Right. But... I'm thinking. I'm thinking. There's a. I think there's a planet of Ghidorahs out there, or something like that. Yeah, I guess you know he's probably not the only one of his kind, right? Right. I guess. And I know people are really split online about this one, but I actually like Gigan's design. Some people think that he's a little much, which I mean, he is. He's excessive, right? <laughs> there's no doubt that he's excessive. He has blades and hooks on every part of his body. He has fins on his back. He's a cyclops. He can fly. I mean. <laughs> what did you think of Gigan? Like just just the monster himself. Yeah, I, I was okay with him. You know, um, the blade was definitely an interesting aspect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've seen this sort of like um, violent, sort of just in your face. I'm going to cut you into pieces type of action here. Uh, but that's definitely yeah. what we get with Gigan. Yeah, and Gigan almost feels like something out of the 90s just because he's so excessive, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, I, I, but I, I like him because of that because he feels like he feels like a cyborg almost. Mm-hmm. And in and, and a later movie, really far down the line, it's implied that he is a cyborg. That's kind of my impression. You know, it's like he had is this mechanical aspect. It was like part monster, part mechanic. But we don't, nothing like that is ever brought up. I know. You know, so it's like he feels less organic because of that, because there's no explanation for him whatsoever. I mean, you could have made him really interesting. Kind of like Ghidorah was really interesting in his first movie. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just like this big element of chaos. But I like the fight that ensues, especially the destruction Mm -hmm. that Ghidorah and Gigan do. And I'll get to more of that favorite effect. Yeah. But all the destruction, especially Gigan's, it's very menacing. Like, he didn't have to. He didn't have to uh, saw that building in half. That was just like a excuse <laughs> to make that Billy Blade work, right? Yeah, yeah. But I liked it a little. Well, I didn't like it when he used it on the building. That didn't make any sense to me. But <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did like the the feeling that he really felt evil. Like he just wanted to destroy this and wiped it all out. And yeah, he's under control. But there's something really menacing about him. And yeah. then when they fight Godzilla and Angerus. I like the blood spurts that actually happen. They're shocking. They're completely mm-hmm. unexpected, right? Yeah. Completely unexpected. Because we all know what to expect from these Godzilla films. And this was a nice element of like, oh, like, I'm <laughs> very shocked that they went there, right? Yeah. And I feel like it, we know Godzilla's going to win, but it does feel like it takes the stakes up a notch when we see that Godzilla can bleed to this degree, especially. Here's the reality, though. I never felt that threat. And I think this was my issue. Yeah, I mean... Gigan is a threatening monster, especially, I mean, he's got a buzzsaw for a belly. That's <laughs> that's a threatening monster. Um, and I do really like that aspect where Godzilla is basically out for the count. You know, he's he is limp. He is passed out. Um, mm-hmm. And Gigan is tearing his body to shreds. We get that blood. Uh, and it's it, powerful in this movie. I, you know, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I do think if I were to watch just this one scene without the context of the movie, it would have stood out as a better monster movie and just one of the better monster fights. 
But I think back to last week and I think back to Hedora. And this is kind of what I was trying to talk about last time is that Hedora was so relentless with its messaging and with its tone. It wasn't just the design of Hedera that made him intimidating. It was the entire movie and the feeling that you got watching the movie that made Hedora threatening. I was kind of scared for, for Godzilla in the last movie. But this week, we had that first 45 minutes that had all those comedic elements. And you just had the overall tone. We've talked about this before, you know, like tone management in a film. And I had no sense that Godzilla was never going to pull through, right? He was always going to pull through for me. But yeah, I mean, in isolation, some of these battle scenes were awesome. I just, I, I didn't love all of them. I think, you know, the uh, scene where Angerus is just being attacked by the military. Mm-hmm. That was cool for like 30 seconds. Yeah. But then it felt like it went on for five minutes. I was like, okay, I've seen this effect like, yeah. like, like 40 times. <laughs> it's like, this is getting really boring. Well, you know, you know what effect I really did like that they huh. did. It, and it was when Ghidorah and Gigan attack and we get that typical moment like you were saying with Angerus where the military shows up mm-hmm. and seeing them th- there's this cool shot where they're both walking side by side yeah. and just destroying everything while they walk together and it is just a cool scene like this camera's really low and it's slowly moving with them it's it's a really cool shot and it, it kind of goes back to some of the cool things we liked about uh, Fukuda's camera work especially back with Ibra mm-hmm that it was kind of cool to see some of these awesome shots again. Yeah, there 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 are some good shots here. Um, I I thought Angerus in general kind of got a bad rap in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I like Angerus. I mean, come on, he was the star of Destroy All Monsters. <laughs> yes, he was. He's a, he was. He's, he was he's awesome. A big hero. He was. He should have been my favorite character for that one. Let's be honest. But uh, he here he was kind of given the shaft. He was he was kind of beaten up and destroyed. He didn't do anything productive. That's his thing. Is like he's a punching bag. Yeah, right. He was a punch. He was a punching bag and uh, destroy all monsters. But he just he kept was. getting up. Right. Yeah. Right. And that right. that's what he does in this one too. Like he gets whooped. I mean, that kind of go going back to guy against belly blade. It, it seems useless until you see how he uses it on someone like Angerus. Then you understand, like, oh, like no one can fight him close combat because he could just rev that thing up. So you have to fight him at a distance. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I like how we settled on the term belly blade. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, I do too. So one one last aspect, Alex. You know, you mentioned the human aspect, and then it's a different film when we get to the monster aspect. It's like forty five minutes, forty five minutes. One thing I wish was explored more was this idea of peace. You know, I thought peace was going to be this like central element uh, of the film. Maybe there was something new that was going to be added to the conversation about what does peace look like? Does peace mean we have to destroy these monsters on Monster Island in order to ensure our safety? Or does peace mean, you know, living with those threats away from us and accepting that that's a possibility, but not likely. And there was really nothing of that. Like we, we had such a, a conversation between uh, Gango and, you know, was it the, the head of Children's Land, Kubota? You know, <laughs> and we had a large conversation there, but, and, and the chairman, Fumio, 
there was a large conversation about why children's land exists. It existed to kind of indoctrinate these children into believing in peace. And then that storyline just fell apart. There was yeah, nothing no, yeah. related. It just vanishes. It vanishes. And it's like, why? Yeah. Like you could have done something here with that storyline. I did like, I did like the fact that we had uh, basically a life-size Godzilla. And this week, w- right before I watched Gigan. You sent me that article about the life-size Godzilla being built for the theme park in Japan. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah, I was it's like, so oh my cool. gosh, how, how ironic is that? I'm with you. I hate that they dropped their primary theme, which seems like peace and maybe like what it takes for a, like a conquering, what, what peace means to someone who's conquering somebody else or mm-hmm. something like that, you know? that That's a pretty interesting thing to explore, but instead... We go back to pollution again, and I'm getting tired of pollution. Let's let's be honest. Pollution is not really a theme of this film. It's a tagged no. on line at the very end of this film. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, well <laughs> Which is what Fukuda does that in all of his films. He, yeah, he like, yeah. has this very... And Honda does, too, but Honda does it in a slightly more tasteful way. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased, but he does it in a slight more, more, slightly more tasteful way. Fukuda just drops a line that's absolutely on the nose 100%. And you're like, can you be any more obvious? You didn't even, this wasn't even related to the film. You just wanted to add in something at the very end to tie it all together. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the line because I remember it from the it's movie. Gonna, it's going to come back it's up. Your, it's going to yeah, come I back see up. it's coming back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I will say that this theme, I'm putting it in quotes. Nobody can see them, but there's air quotes. It is the primary motivation for the, we're calling them cockroachians. They've got a really long name. I can't remember it off the top yeah. of my head. Their whole motivation is that their planet was just like Earth. And there's people just like humans. They destroyed the planet. And the only thing to survive is cockroaches. Hmm. And they mutate. Tell, I guess they, t- tell me where you've they, heard this before, Alex. <laughs> oh, it just, it sounds so familiar. It sounds so original, so right? Familiar. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Sorry to interrupt. No, but they, that's their motivation. That's the entirety of it. It's like humans destroy their planet. They're destroying this one. Well, we're going to take it back and make it better. And that's the theme. And <laughs> it's in the last like 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Or something like that. I've, and it's just like, it's it's a disaster. I've, I've got nothing to add to that. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> there's just nothing. There's no other discussions to have. You know who does have something to say? I think I do, Alex. It's the theometer. 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 All right. Theo now has a chipmunk voice, apparently, that he's using for the theometer this week. Theo, are you ready to see Geigen? Yeah. All right. So take a look. This is Geigen. How would you describe Geigen? What does he look like? Uh, monster? Well, yes, but what type of monster does he look like? Like alien. Alien? Yeah. How scary is he? Like. On, on, on the theometer scale, how scary is he? A thousand. A thousand? Yeah. What do you think about his hands? What does he got for hands? Claws. Yeah, kind of. Claw. And what does he got for a belly? Skin. Skin? No, he's got a buzzsaw for a belly. Take a look at him. Red stuff. Of course, tail sag. What? Tail sag. Tail sag? Uh-huh. 
I don't even know what that means. All right. This has been The Diameter. This week. Hey, that brings us to our awards. And I'll go ahead and talk about my coolest character award. Yeah. And my coolest character for this one, it's got to be Tomoko, uh, Gingo's sister. She kind of seems like this throwaway character initially with a throw around background info and throwaway lines. Like none of it really seems important because she vanishes for like 20 minutes. Uh, she's at the beginning. We, we see that funny joke with his Gingo's manga drawing, manga drawing, whatever you want to call it, yeah. manga drawing. And then she disappears and we get this journey to the amusement park and they get back and suddenly there she is where a throwaway line about her and her karate skills uh, comes into play and she just drops like three cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I thought it was really cool to just see this character that I thought was kind of done with the movie come back in and just kick all kinds of butt. Yeah. No, I mean, my favorite character, I agree. I agree with you, but my favorite character, you mentioned him before. He's the hippie. He's lovable. He's funny. It's Shosaku, right? Um, yeah. I just think I really, I loved him from the minute that he held up Gengo with the corn cob. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's so stupid, but I loved it. <laughs> it was funny. And I liked that somehow after he passes out from being held up with that, that they take him back to his place. And he wakes up there instead of waking up at one of their places. They just knew where he lived, so they went there. Yeah. No, I know. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I, I wish they would have done more with the character, but yeah, it is what it is. Well, I mean, that's how I feel about all of them. They all felt like they needed a just a little bit more uh, building. A little less monster fighting at the end and a little more character building would have been nice. That's heresy, Alex. No, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I mean... The monster battling we can enjoy, but at some point it kind of becomes repetitive for me, at least. It's like, we have to care about it. I have to care about it. There has to be stakes involved. So I agree. Uh, What about most memorable line? Um, We just talked about it. I'll tell you mine. It says, maybe they are right. The roaches will inherit the earth if we keep spoiling it. You know, this was by Takashi. Um, It's silly. It's blatant, um, but it's just, it's without payoff. But I'll tell you why it's my most memorable line. <laughs> it's my most memorable line because I remember what this film is about. This film is about cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's is, pretty much what is. I'm going to remember about it is, is the cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I, I, I forgot to write down my most memorable line, but I remember who did, who said it. His name? Shisaku. And it's during their uh but they're getting ready to go up into the cockroachian base. And Shisaku says, Oh, good, there's no guards, or something to that effect. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> there were no guards the eight, the other eighty minutes of this film. Yeah. <laughs> of course there's no guards now. Right. So that's the most my most memorable line because Shisaku just wanted to point out the obvious. I, I agree. <laughs> Um, what about your can't believe the acting award mine's gotta be Gingo Kataka Uh, he's pretty goofy throughout the entire film 
but during one of the few serious moments, they're running up an insane amount of stairs, and <laughs> we get a very we get a moment very similar to some we've seen in the earlier Godzilla films, uh, where the female characters overact their exhaustion or surprise at something, mm-hmm. and our listeners have heard my vocal. Uh, <laughs> reenactments of those. Amico. <laughs> yeah, Amico in particular. Uh, and he does this on the stairs because he's so exhausted. And uh, he just almost acts like he's about to collapse and is like become hysterical all, in the, all at the same time. It's funny, but it's like completely unnecessary. No, I, <laughs> just completely unnecessary. Yeah, I I go with the same character actually. Uh, I'm going with Hiroshi Ishikawa as Gengo. I I think he sells the humor in this film. I wish we had more of him, honestly, because he was the focus for the first 45 minutes, as you said. But then he disappears really in the last 45 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's an interesting character. He's funny. He's playful. And we don't get enough of him, unfortunately. But I bought into him. I bought into him as a struggling manga artist at the beginning of the film. And I just wish the film had more uh, to say about him. Yeah, I bought in, I bought into his manga artist. I didn't buy into him becoming a detective. Yeah, that, 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 that may be a little much. But, I mean, he did faint whenever he was, <laughs> when he was held up. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Maybe you've got a good yeah. point. Maybe he's just—he's not much yeah, of a yeah. detective, but I guess he—he he has some problem-solving skills. Yeah, and he was the only person charging at those stairs that acted like he was exhausted, which is also pretty funny. Now that I'm there. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, but what about your? Uh, what was the best special effect for you? Um, so I've got two that I liked, and they're really more shots than they are special effects. I really like the effect when the camera, it zooms out from the model of planet Earth. Um, and then it pans over to the two crystals that contain Ghidorah and Gigan. I just thought that was a really mm. cool moment. Um, I'm not sure how that was done. Like if it was in a studio or something. But I thought it was really cool. Um, the, yeah. the, the model of Earth looked cool. Uh, and I liked how Fukuda was able to create a sense of vastness of outer space within the confines of the studio. That was pretty neat. Yeah. Now, did you know uh, Ghidorah was in this before you saw it? No, I, I, I didn't. I didn't. I, I kind of assumed maybe that he would be because you mentioned 2v2 battles last time. So I'm like, who's the uh, bad guy that's going to be with Gigan? Probably Ghidorah. <laughs> also mentioned... I also mentioned cockroaches and yeah, yeah. Maybe that was a spoiler. You, I should you gave me you early. gave me two spoilers last. It's all right though. I thought that was pretty <laughs> neat, and I also liked there was a there was a shot. It was kind of a throwaway shot, honestly, um, where it was like this overhead shot of the military approaching, and we get like these this plane um, approaching. I think it was Angerus at that point. And the military is like all launching forward. It was just an overhead shot that was really throwaway. But I was like, that, that's actually pretty cool and really well done. But those were my two standout yeah. effects. What about you? Yeah, they had a really, there was a shot. And it may have been that scene or when they're charging uh, Geigen and Ghidorah. But there's a helicopter 
and it's falling right over top of a helicopter, and it looks. That's what the helicopter looks. That's like. what I'm talking. about. I think that's what I'm talking about. Oh, you said plane. Yeah, okay, yeah. you said plane. I, no, I think I'm talking about the helicopter <laughs> scene. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. I was just, it was like right over the top of the helicopter, and it looks yes. real. I was like, that's that's a that's a cool scene. Yeah, that was a cool scene. But my standout effects are it's got to be Ghidorah and Gigan destroying the city at nighttime. Yeah, and it's kind of what that builds to that I really liked. It's has this really cool effect. So they're destroying the city and like this oil place. Uh, I don't know. I just know it's highly combustible. Combustible, yeah. and it catches on fire everywhere. And then the heroes show up, Godzilla and Angerus, and they. There's this cool shot. They're both standing on their opposing sides, like they're getting ready to throw down. And there's a lot of fire around these people in these rubber suits. Like, it's a lot of fire around them. I was like, eh, it seems a little, <laughs> it seems like a couple violations. Like, this is a lot of fire. And it's like illuminating all the monsters in this really cool way, but especially Ghidorah, since he's got that like really cool gold look. Mm-hmm. It's all that, all those flames and stuff the the lights are reflecting off of them and it makes Ghidorah look super menacing and it's just like this really cool effect. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're I think you're right for sure. Uh I like that too. Now, Eric. Yeah. Now that our awards are done, hit me hit me with the with the bad news. Uh, I think the bad news <laughs> is my rating and ranking for this film. So I I said at the beginning of the podcast that I didn't like this movie much, but I, I've, I've tried. To, I've tried to stay as positive as possible here. But here's what I don't like, Alex. I don't like the stock footage, the stock music, and of course the stock story. And the stock story is my biggest issue, honestly, and why I was so bored watching this film. I've already seen this movie. I, I, it feels like I have at least. Um, <laughs> sure, I, as I've said, I've liked some of the individual characters. But there was nothing new in this plot. This was as if the aliens in Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, or the aliens in Invasion of Astro Monster, it's as if they teamed up with the businessmen from Mothra versus Godzilla, right? <laughs> we kind of get that mm-hmm. aspect of both of those films. But here's the problem. It's not as good by any means as any of those. To say this movie feels long is an understatement. At 89 minutes... This film feels 20 minutes too long. I got bored of the action scenes of the monsters because, again, nothing was at stake. It felt a little hollow to me. Um, I liked Gigan's design, as I said, but we don't know where Gigan comes from or why he's helping this cockroachian species. So with that said, I'm giving this one a two out of five stars. And here's the thing, Alex. I'm actually putting it at the bottom of my list below all monsters attack i know you you, i don't know how you can do that you you may not agree with me but at least all monsters attack was 69 minutes not 89 minutes (laughs) that was the only thing that film had going for it (laughs) that's the only reason i was even able to muster one star for that movie (laughs) i was like thank god it's over i'm telling you what all Monsters Attack felt like it was three hours long. I, w- I was struggling to not just turn it off. This movie didn't do that for me. And that's why this is over it for me. It, it ranks higher than that. And I actually liked the movie overall, but 
I also agree with you 100% when it comes to the stock footage, the stock music, the stock story. Because it is. It's copied from everything else. And it's just not as good as everything else. Right. And the first half of the film drags a little, without a doubt. Um, I mean, how many times are we going to sneak into this super secret cockroach weapon <laughs> and there never be a single guard? How many times is it going to happen? Because it happened at least like five, literally five times. And just about everything is recycled. Even parts that I love have recycled elements. But I really like the final battle. I don't like Gigan dancing just a little bit to celebrate. It made him <laughs> feel less menacing to me when he, when that happened. It really took me out of the movie because I was like, I was really sold on Gigan. And then he danced a little bit. And I was like, oh, God. that's right. That's right. It's a guy in a suit. <laughs> yeah. And I actually did feel that there was something at stake. And maybe it's because of that looming weapon that we didn't know what it did. Mm. That looming Godzilla statue that that they were slowly being pushed towards. Yeah. And while it didn't turn out to be that menacing, really, it just had a beautiful beams of light shooting out. I do have to give them credit for making the overall battle and especially the setup. I think it's the setup to the final battle that really sold me that them, their destruction of the city. It's the first time we've seen miniatures in so long. Like we saw them a little bit destroy all monsters, but we saw them a lot more in this one, even if some of them were recycled. Yeah. But I think the blood provides enough shock to keep things exciting and interesting for me when the fights start to drag because they go too long. We three, we see the same suplex three times, which that was really cool, by the way. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Godzilla that was really cool. Suplexing Ghidorah with all three of his heads tucked behind that, him. It looked painful. That was that was my favorite part of the fight. You know, whenever he holds Ghidorah, Godzilla holds Ghidorah, and Angerus is just kind of attacking. But we get the exact same yeah. thing like three times in a row. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that that's a that's like a trope almost. That some of these things is something happens, it's really cool, and then they do it three more times. Right. <laughs> It's like, it's, like, it's like, I think Fukuda was giving ins- given instructions to make this movie 90 minutes long. And he still didn't yeah. get there. It's only 89. <laughs> <laughs> but he literally tried to stretch out these moments as long as possible. I'm like, could you, could you be any more repetitive? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And it's something we see in the next movie, but it's, it's things we should be used to by now. I mean, <clears throat> these tennis ball scenes we've seen before, they go on for too long. A lot of these, I mean, not that the tennis ball scenes are ever cool, but the suplex, if it happened once, would have been awesome, right. right? That would have been a really cool moment. But then we have to watch it two more times. Yeah. When Angerus finally uses his spines as a weapon, instead of just like this aesthetic thing, mm. that's a cool moment. Mm-hmm. But then it happens two more times. Right. Yeah. yeah. It takes away from and, the novelty of it, for sure. Right, right. It's really cool when something happens happens once. It's more memorable, and when it happens three times, it becomes dull and forgettable. And so, what? What do you I give think? It? We have to give yeah. this movie. And I know I'm, I'm rattling because I'm just. <laughs> I have a lot of complex feelings about this movie, and I'm actually gonna. I started out thinking I was gonna give this a three out of five because I really enjoy it, but after talking about it, it's a two point five out of five for me. I feel good that I brought you down a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Which, no, it wasn't that. It was me thinking about the suplexes and the, <laughs> the, 
that really that really hurt it for me and it didn't uh, again i I really want to stress that this uh, really i think affected my opinion of the film is me watching it in halves yeah because i was 100 sold on the second half when i started it back up i was like all right this is getting really good and then the first half i was like i was struggling i mean i don't like to stop movies halfway through I have like a pet peeve about it, but I'd gotten so tired watching it yeah. that I had to start. And I started really late, but it's a 2.5 out of five for me, but I'm telling you nothing. Oh, I say that, but I don't think anything can be worse than all monsters attack. The movie is an atrocious abomination. Yeah. yeah but it goes I like aspects. You got to think about the, you got to think about the intended audience, Alex, right? Like, no, this, no, no, no. Listen, Godzilla vs. Gigan, <laughs> it had an adult audience, and it was just really repetitive. There was absolutely no risk. All Monsters Attack, for all we know, based on your theory, Alex, didn't even really exist in the in the Godzilla universe. It was an, it was an imaginary um, dream that this one random boy had, right? <laughs> yeah, but but see, for me, that movie is a nightmare, not a dream. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> We've got another divisive one next week. Eric. Yeah, I'll be really it? interested. It, it's got similar problems as this one, but people elevate this one a little bit more. And next week we're going to be looking at Godzilla versus Megalon. Nice. nice. And we'll be asking the question, do Gundam like characters have a place in the Godzilla franchise? Mm. All right, cool. And actually I would even alter that a little bit is, do Ultraman like characters have a place in the Godzilla franchise? All right. Yeah. Jet Jaguar is either a favorite or a least favorite <laughs> character. And I am so excited to see for people to see Jet Jaguar. Yeah, we'll see how our reaction and is for sure. He also has if I'm remembering right, he has an awesome theme song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now now you're so, getting me looking forward to it a little bit. <laughs> it's a it's a more fun movie than this one, if I remember right. You, you but, undersold it at first by comparing it to this atrocity. But <laughs> but now I'm coming around. Hopefully it's good. I have a feeling that next week, I mean, we talked a good bit about Hedorah, mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Hedorah in this one. And typically on these episodes, we haven't talked about the previous movies quite as much. Yeah. But I think we're going to be comparing the next movie to this one a lot. Right. Cool. Because there's some big similarities. I can do that. that brings me to where you can watch this film. This film is on uh, the Criterion channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you can buy the Criterion Collection uh, DVD of it on the Godzilla number 1000. You can rent it on PlayStation uh, on the PlayStation Store. <laughs> so get Criterion channel if you don't have it and watch it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it on Criterion Channel. I don't think you'll regret it. And of course, we want your takes. Obviously, you can follow us on Twitter at MVM underscore pod, on Letterboxd at Al Cornette and at Mr. Eric Neely. And you can send us an email. We want your feedback. MVMPod at gmail.com. But Alex, before we go, your two takes here. One talking point I wanted to talk about, Alex. What about Martin Scorsese? versus the Marvel and that whole debate. I think I know where you stand on this, but I'm just curious on your take, you being a, a Marvel super fan. Well, I just think in general, you can't divide films in terms of one being cinema and one being not. 
I know that he probably that he meant something else. And he's kind of clarified it in further interviews, but you saw the article this week, right? There's a new article that he released. You got to check it out. Where he clarified. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, it's interesting, but I also disagree with him that I think, I think film is film and whether or not it's to what he expects out of film or not. Some people would argue that, I mean, obviously a lot of people online cause they all threw a fit like way too big of a fit. Like this is a man's opinion. It's okay to have a different opinion, right? We don't all have to say have the same yeah. opinion. Otherwise, Eric would never put all monsters attack above anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Marvel films are definitely cinema. There, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, yeah, is there a difference between uh, the Departed and something like Iron Man Two, which is like just not that great, but entertaining and fun to watch yeah there's huge differences but as soon as you start quantifying these things like that is when you cut out you cut out something that could have some meaning so some of these some of these marvel films not a lot but some of them deal with loss some of them deal with some ptsd some of them deal with some interesting issues some most of them don't but you can't put something in a box and say no that's not this i think that's Kind of pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And ju- and just to be clear, Iron Man two, Alex, what'd you give that? Like a four out of five stars. <laughs> I really Iron Man two is one of those films that gets better the more you yeah. watch it. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> That's how Alex is with with Marvel films. The more you watch them, the better they are. <laughs> the thing that kills me about him saying what he does, uh-huh. though, is that he's actually never seen any of them. Yeah. So how you can have an opinion without seeing something, I think is kind of, I think it is, that is idiotic. I think you need to see it, form an opinion, and then that's your opinion. But I don't even know if you have an opinion, like a legit opinion, if you don't even I, know. I don't know if he's about. never, I, I know like he said he hasn't seen any of them. I'm sure to have this opinion that he has of them, he's seen parts of them. I think he gets the general gist of them. And I understand what he's saying, right? He's saying that the movie going is kind of like this event that Marvel and Disney and these big corporations have made it into. You know, like we go to these big event movies, but it's not supporting any other types of cinema. And so what Scorsese says is, you know, cinema is dying. Pictures are pictures, as he calls them, are, are dying. But he's wrong. That's the thing is that we get we get these we get these indie movies. We get all these small movies all the time. They're but not what dying. he's but what he's saying. If anything, they're as strong as ever. Yeah, I, I, and they're not going to be. They're still going to be produced. But he, what he's saying is, filmmakers from his generation made films to be seen on the silver screen, right on the big screen. And he, he even like in this article, he even said, you know, The Irishman, which is coming out. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. But it's a Netflix exclusive, you know, Netflix produced it. And he said he's grateful for mm-hmm. it because they allowed him to do things that major studios, other major studios wouldn't let him do. I think that's really cool. Um, but he still intended his audience to see it on the big screen. And that's happening less and less. So, I, you know, I, I, I feel what he's saying. I'm not a Marvel like hater by any means. I'm also not an, a Marvel apologist. So I just think it's an interesting discussion piece. That alone is where I'm, I'm hung up. Like, 
his intention is for the big screen. The Marvel movies, they don't get any better than the big screen. So it's like that argument is already invalid to me. I know what he means, kind of, but I can, I feel like I can watch a Departed movie and get the same thing seen on the couch as I can on the big screen, you know? And I'm not saying his movies are less. His movies are phenomenal. His movies are phenomenal. I know what he means. Like, there's that entire generation making these masterpieces, yeah. right? And they, we're not seeing a whole lot of that right now. But I, I say that, but that's not true. We just talked. We're getting ready to talk about Parasite. We've got somebody in Korea making movies that are phenomenal. They're they're gonna be classic. Well, let's, let's transition into that. I, I'm assuming you liked it. I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as you do. I think ten minutes of the movie could have been cut off. But I do really like the movie. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm. I actually think that my only complaint with it is like too well put together. If that if that's possible, it's like so tight. It was like it. It didn't feel like there were as many subtleties as there could have been, just because it was so well put together. It was like uh, everything had a purpose in it. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I, I really did. Hey, oh yeah, and hey, everybody. If you haven't seen this movie, we'll talk to you next week. But we're gonna we are gonna say a few spoilers about the film real yes. quick. I I do really like I like the film. It felt like it was three hours long to me, to be quite yeah. honest. But I really the characters are all phenomenal. Uh, I actually thought it was interesting that the rich people seem to be nicer people than the yeah, poor they're people, nice people. Which w- w- not something I actually expected. Like like they're. They're still they're detached from reality. Their comments on the smell of radishes yeah. is it, it 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 killed me. Like it was like, oh, this sucks. Like like th- this this is how people look at other yeah. people. Uh just in general. That's how yeah. people look at other people. Now, it was that was that was pretty depressing and I think one of the major points. But it's like, yeah, that was what makes this film good is it's, there's so many blurred lines, you know. Uh, it wasn't like there was a clear like the poor are good and the rich are bad or the rich are good and the poor are bad. It was just everybody. It was just so complex. Everybody had, you know, at times they had pretty poor motives for what they were doing, and at other times they had good motives for what they were doing. And so that complexity didn't give you any simple answers. And so I loved it for it. I don't know what good things the the poor family had. Like they got people fired, they got all kinds of stuff. But I, I really like that they're also put in that situation because of their circumstances. Yeah, but (laughs) it's also like they're lazy and they did it to themselves as well. All but all but the the main character. I think I think the film puts I think that film flips that though on its face a little bit. Whenever they're having that conversation in the gymnasium the father and the son and the father in the mm-hmm. son asks the father what's your plan yes and the father says i never I had a plan. a plan how how can i have a plan in the face of all of this like when did i have time to come up with a plan you've seen my situation i'm paraphrasing now but you know it's a, you see my situation you see what we're going through how do i have a plan in the face of all of this and that comes back you know of course at the end when the son says he has a plan to help his father, you know, get out of the situation that he's found himself in. You're like, uh, this is never right. going to happen. 
it's depressing. <laughs> right. But that was, was such a powerful ending, I thought. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a good ending, and I, I think the I think the film is really really good. I, I do think it was a little too long, but I also like I liked all the characters. Yeah. I thought everybody was they interesting. were all interesting. It was yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, definitely a film I recommend yeah, to everybody. For sure. uh, but Alex, I think that's enough for this episode. I didn't expect our Geigen episode to be over an hour long, but perhaps it is. <laughs> I had a lot to say about the battles. <laughs> <laughs> but Alex, until next week, try, try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. <laughs> See you. Tail sag. Tail sag? Uh Uh-huh. I don't even know what that means.